Turn with me, please, to uh, two openings, Psalm 133, and then I believe we'll be looking at 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter. We began a few weeks ago talking about a series we're calling The Ministry of Reconciliation. The Bible has a great deal to say about this even though that, that may not be a word you use often in day-to-day talk, reconciliation. It is the heart of the gospel. It's what the good news is about. In uh, Psalm 133, verse 1, he said, "How Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Everybody say unity. Unity. Keep going. Next couple of verses. It's like the precious ointment upon the head. This is a type of the anointing. In fact, it was called anointing oil. That ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down to the skirts of his garments. So when they anointed him with oil, they didn't just put a dab on the finger and put a mark on his forehead. I mean, they... Sound like they poured a gallon on his head because it poured down over his head, over his beard, onto his clothes, to the hem, to the skirt, hem of his skirts, of his garments. That's a lot of oil. Well, God's a lot of oil God, isn't he? <laughs> Verse 3. As the dew of Ermon, as the, as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. Is there a connection between unity and anointing and life and blessing? There is. Unity, anointing, and blessing and life. Look with me in 2 Corinthians 5, please, in the New Testament, 17th verse. Now, when you're talking about the new birth, you're talking about also eternal life. And the scripture says in John 17 that eternal life, Jesus said, is knowing God and knowing the Christ, knowing him. Knowing him in, in relationship and fellowship is life and joy. One of the big things that makes hell hell is not just the fire, it's the absence of God. No God means no life, no light, no joy. No peace. And what makes heaven heaven more than the streets of gold is who's there. Hallelujah. (laughs) Our future is to live with him. And we won't even need a star. We won't need a sun to have light, the Bible said, because he is. The light. 
Glory to God. <laughs> and we will, we will be existing in his manifest presence. That is life. Knowing him, being around him, fellowshipping with him. And relationship is not enjoyable unless the fellowship is full. You can be related to somebody. You can be somebody's son or daughter, mother, father, brother, sister, husband, wife. You can have a relationship. That doesn't mean y'all have even spoken in 20 years. It's not just relationship, it's fellowship. And Jesus, more than once, he talked about, you know, that your joy may be full. Hallelujah. That you would obey him and keep the love command. And that, that's, that's full fellowship with him and with each other. And the result would be fullness of joy. This is something you cannot get from a pill or a bottle or any amount of material things. There's a peace that passes understanding that you can only get from him. There is a joy, hallelujah, that is uh, beyond expre natural expression. Hallelujah. <laughs> joy unspeakable and full of glory. You can't get it anywhere on the planet except from God. You can't get it anywhere in the universe. Talk about exclusive. <laughs> this is not available <laughs> through any other offers or sources or venues. That's why Jesus said, no man comes to the Father except by me. He didn't say he was a way or one of many ways. He said he's the way. The way. The truth. The life. Hallelujah. Do you believe that? Aren't you glad you know that? Because there are millions on this planet who are in total darkness about this. And part of our job is to help them if we can. Did I lose somebody? It's not my job. Yeah, go to 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, the 17th verse. If you believe this verse, you need to believe the next two or three that follow it. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature or creation. Anybody believe this verse? Have you received the Lord? Have you been born again? Have you been made a new creation? All yes. things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Now, Peter talks about the, the hidden man of the heart. He can't be talking about the outer man because the outer man looks the same after you were born again. He's talking about the inner man. And, and everything has changed in the inner man. You didn't get healed spiritually. You were recreated. You didn't get fixed spiritually. You were reborn. A new creation. Hallelujah. 
Now your mind, that's another deal. <laughs> and your body, that's another thing. As soon as you get born again, now you begin on this journey of controlling your body, which didn't get born again, and renewing your mind so that you'll know and distinguish the will of God. You don't automatically know the will of God. You learn about the will of God from his word and his spirit. It's a process called renewing of the mind. Keep reading. All things are of God. This is on the inside, the new creation. Who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. Reconciled. Reconciled us. Reconcile means to change. It includes this idea of restoring to fellowship. Somebody that has been at odds with each other. Somebody that has been fighting or disowned each other. uh, That actually have become enemies. Can enemies become friends again? They can. It's happened in the natural many times. But now he's talking about between humans and God. God has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given to us. I told you. (laughs) Didn't you say to preachers? Us. The ministry of reconciliation. Now, you know, if you've been given something, you probably ought to find out what it is. If you've been given a job, you should find out what that job is to even know if you're doing it or not, or do you care? <laughs> Come on, I want, you to, I want you to quote the Bible, say it out loud, I am a new creation. I've been reconciled to God by Jesus Christ. And I've been given the ministry of reconciliation. See, you don't, you don't get to stop and go, I've been born again. I'm reconciled. That's it. That's not my problem. <laughs> what happens with everybody else? No. This is so important and you should want to. That you have been reconciled to God. Now you're right with God. You're having good fellowship with God. You shouldn't be content that millions don't. Now, you don't live under condemnation, you know, that it's your fault that people are not saved, because that's not true either. That's taking too much on your little shoulders. No. And you don't, you, you shouldn't feel in fear all the time. If I don't share the gospel, if I don't do this with somebody, you know, well, their blood will be on my hands. It's about obeying. It's about being a witness. It's about being unashamed of your relationship with him. And when he prompts you, you don't have to quote a bunch of scriptures. You don't have to preach a message or or teach a a lesson. You just need to be ready and unashamed to tell what he's done for you. And who can argue with that? You're an eyewitness. You were there. Right? You know what he did for you. And if somebody says, no, he didn't, you say, well, I was there. Right? You are. And that's what Acts is talking about. 
you'll receive power after the Holy Spirit has come on you and you'll be witnesses. Somebody say witnesses. Witnesses Witnesses unto me. I'm a witness that I was born again when I was 13 years old. I was there. I was there. You can't tell me. It didn't happen. I was there. (laughs) How about you? Were you there? Were you there when you were born again? Got filled with the Spirit when the Lord healed you? Healed your babies or helped you pay your bill or whatever, right? Who can tell you you wasn't there? (laughs) I was there. Now you say you don't believe it. Well, you wasn't there. (laughs) I was there. And if we are able to share that the Lord did something for us and somebody cares to hear it, it should be for people who don't know him, it is the preface for this. We get through telling them what the Lord did for us. What comes next? What he's done for us, he'll do for you. He will do for you. No matter how far off you've gotten, you can be reconciled to God. You, no matter how badly you've messed up, you can be completely clean from any sin or transgression. You can be healed. You can be restored in your body and in your mind. The Lord will even give you a house and a new car. I know a lot of people don't believe that, but it's still true. He's a good father. He'll do all kinds of amazing things for you. If, somebody say if, if. If you receive it. This is the big determining factor. Keep reading. He said all things are of God inside. Who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. And has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. You know so many things in life that God does for you. They're ultimately for you to help somebody else with. That's how it starts. You needed it. (laughs) But if you care about people and you were helped, then you're excited. I got an answer, right? The Lord helped me out of it. He'll help you out of it. And and if we'll yield to it, this will burn in us because it's our calling. Sometimes people want to talk about, well, you know, I don't, everybody that I've met that they begin to pray or get serious about God, they'll say, you know, I, I kind of feel like maybe I have a call. You do. Everybody does. In fact, everybody's got a ministry. It's this one right here. That doesn't mean you have to pastor a church or stand in a pulpit and preach a message, but every believer has been, everybody that's been reconciled to God has the ministry of reconciliation. Keep reading verse 19. What is the ministry of reconciliation? To wit means he's explaining what that is. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself because we couldn't get it done on our own. Couldn't get it fixed. But Jesus did. He's my hero. How about you? (laughs) Not imputing their trespasses unto them And has committed to us. See he's saying it again. The word of reconciliation. So here you you got the ministry of reconciliation. And now you've got the word or the message. Of reconciliation. 
Say it out loud. I have a ministry. And I have a message. What's the message? God was in Christ. At the scourging, the mocking, the, the, the cross, the death, the burial, the resurrection, the ascension. God was in Christ. What was all that about? Reconciling the world. Hallelujah. To himself. Hallelujah. And now we who've received this have this ministry and this message of reconciliation. Verse 20. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ. Now you got a title. (laughs) You got born again. You're new creation. You're reconciled to God. You got a ministry. You got a message. And you're an ambassador. You. I see some folks don't believe it. They're like. What are you talking about preacher? It's the New Testament. Have you read it? I mean it's amazing. We are ambassadors. For Christ. Now an ambassador. Doesn't represent. His or herself. Not supposed to. (laughs) An ambassador represents someone else and speaks for them. So if you're speaking for someone, you should say what they told you to say. And not just make up stuff as you go along and claim they said it. And this phrase, in the name of Jesus has to do with us being ambassadors for him. In Jesus' name is not an incantation like hocus pocus, abracadabra. In Jesus' name, it's not a magic phrase. You're saying, I'm speaking for him. (laughs) He sent me. He authorized me. I'm speaking on his back. I come in his name. I'm speaking in his name. Whose name? The head of the church. (laughs) The king of kings. The Lord of lords. That's why when you really do it by the spirit in faith, things move. Now there are people throw the phrase around like it's an incantation and nothing happens. You know, the seven sons of Siva heard Paul using the phrase, right? And they tried it out. Didn't work good for them. They got beat up. (laughs) But does that mean that the phrase in Jesus' name doesn't mean anything? No. It just means they did not come as his ambassadors. They didn't even know him. They weren't speaking on his behalf. Yeah. That's a whole message in itself, isn't it? Keep reading. Where where are we? We are, say it out loud, I am am an ambassador ambassador for the anointed one. one. And he said, as though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. 
Verse 21. For he has made him, Jesus, to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. This is how he provided reconciliation. We couldn't get back to God. We couldn't be right with God by what we could do. Our righteousness, the prophet said, was as filthy rags. It didn't measure up. It couldn't come up to fix what was wrong between us and God, to bridge the gap. Romans says we were his enemies. Our mind and our thinking was at enmity against God. And most of the world today is right there at enmity. They are, you know, completely opposed to God's ways, his thinking, his truth. Enemies of God. What a hard phrase, but a truth. But Jesus, though he had committed no sin, though he deserved no punishment or judgment, he took our place, took our sin on himself, didn't just sympathize with it, he became sin with our sin to the point Judgment fell on him. And that included separation from God. Somebody said, what, what, what? What did he cry out on the cross? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? What was happening? He was taking our place. So, although he didn't deserve it, so we could be reconciled to God, though we didn't deserve it. He was made sin. Read it again, verse 21. He has made him to be sin, or made him sin for us who knew no sin. Was he really made sin? Then believers are really made righteousness. Not based on anything we did. It's his righteousness. We just receive it. That we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Now this is just a few verses. What, 17 through 21? But we found out. We're a new creation. Hallelujah. We're reconciled, restored to full fellowship with God. And we got a job. The ministry of reconciliation. And we got a ministry. And we're ambassadors. And we've been made the righteousness of God in Christ. That was worth you combing your hair and coming to church. Right there. Just that. Man, if we just lived in that from now on, it'd just get stronger and stronger in us. You cannot know that too well. Most people don't know it at all. A lot of people know a tiny little bit like us. We know a little bit about it. But this is an astounding thing that God has done for us. Hallelujah. Off the charts love is what this is. <laughs> and the best deal in the universe. He took our sin. We got his righteousness. 
Somebody say, what a deal. What What a deal. (laughs) Now I want you to notice something though. And there's some wrong thinking I think that some folks have. Look at verse 19 again. Verse 19 and 20. God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses to them. It's committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Verse 20. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, you are reconciled to God. What? Is that the same? If everybody is already reconciled to God, then there is no ministry of reconciliation. And they'll find out about it sooner or later if they're already reconciled to God and just don't know it or believe it, even if they're unbelievers, even if they uh, worship other gods and denounce Christ, they've already been reconciled to God. Well, he, (laughs) do you see why I'm talking about this? If everybody is already reconciled to God, there's no need for a ministry of reconciliation and an effort to tell people, be reconciled to God because they already are. No. What's the ministry? We pray you. Praise a strong word here. You could say we we beseech you. We plead with you. What do we need to plead with them about? They're already reconciled. The Lord's already paid for their sins. He has. Well then they're already reconciled. Not until they believe it. And receive it. Y'all with me, friends? You still have to receive it. We pray you in Christ's stead, be reconciled to God. If they already are, we shouldn't say, be reconciled. Because they already are. Go to Romans, the fifth chapter, please. Who's right? The scripture? (laughs) Who's right? What what group is right? What denomination is right? What what preacher is right? The scripture. The scripture is right. And the scripture needs to be rightly divided. And how do you rightly divide scriptures? With other scriptures. Somebody say scriptures. Scriptures. The scripture is right. Scripture is right. Romans 5, verse 1. Romans 5, 1. He says, therefore, being justified by what? Faith. Faith. Not just grace. Ephesians 2, 8 says, we are saved by grace. What? Through faith. And that not of yourselves. It is the gift of of God. Here's the thing about gifts. No matter how great they are, 
no matter how freely they're given, you won't enjoy them unless and until you receive the gift. Everything God has given us is His grace. And all of it is a gift. Hallelujah. You don't earn it. You don't deserve it. It's a gift. Jesus has done everything for us. He has taken our place. He has become sin with our sin. He was judged in our place. He has triumphed over death, hell, and the grave. He ever lives to make intercession for us. He's done everything except receive it for us. And he doesn't do that. Because if he received it for you, there's no free will. There's no free will There's no real faith. There's no real love. If God was going to make people do something, he would make them receive Jesus as Lord. He would make them receive faith in the blood and cleansing and forgiveness to save them for eternity. If he's not going to make you do that, he's not going to make you do lesser things. And it's just not true that God's making people do all these things contrary to their will. We're saved by grace. You wouldn't even know about it if it wasn't for grace. There'd be nothing to receive if it wasn't for grace. Right? We're saved by grace, but that's not all there is. If it was by grace alone, then everybody is saved. Because he has paid the price for everybody. Whether they believe it or whether they don't, they're saved. But that's not what the Bible teaches. That's what a lot of people say they want to believe. But again, who's right? The scriptures are right. Again, if everybody is, no matter how how much they deny God and, and Jesus, if everybody is already reconciled to God, We don't have a ministry of reconciliation. There's no need to tell people, be reconciled to God. And there certainly wouldn't need need any, be any need to plead with them. Be reconciled to God. Why do we have a ministry? Why do we preach the gospel? Because what has so generously been provided by grace, must be received by faith. Faith is the hand that takes. Hallelujah. That receives. God's not going to make you be reconciled to him. You have to choose it. You have to receive it. In Romans 5, are you there? Verse 1, being justified by what? Faith. Faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. This is talking about the same subject. We are at peace with him. We are at one with him. We have peace with him. It's because of what the master has done. By whom also we have access. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. Access how? By faith 
into this grace. How do you get into the grace? It's by faith. How, how do you access all this grace that God has given to us? It's by faith. Grace is not our part. Grace is God's part. We don't need to work on God's part. Faith is our part. The receiving of the grace. That's not God's part. The part we need to work on. Is the receiving part. The faith part. Access by faith into this grace. Wherein we stand and rejoice in hope. Of the glory of God. Skip down to verse uh, 6. When we were yet without strength. In due time. Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commends his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Hallelujah. Before we knew him, before we said yes, he died for us, he paid the price for us before we did anything for him. Thank you, Lord. Much more than being justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. I believe that includes all the wrath to come. Including the judgments you read about in Revelation and all that. We're going to be out of here. You say, well, I don't believe it that way. Well, we'll find out, won't we? <laughs> Who's right about this? Who's right? The scriptures are right. <laughs> and our understanding of the scriptures needs help. We'll be saved from wrath through him. Won't you just go ahead and say that out loud? I'm justified, I'm justified by, his blood. by his blood. And I will be saved, I will be saved from wrath. Through him. Through him. Praise God. Verse 10. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. I mean, he did all that for you when you were his enemy. You're not his enemy anymore. You're his child. Right? <laughs> Say it again. I will be saved. By his life. We'll be saved from wrath. We'll be saved by his life. We're not looking. There's no judgment in our future. There is for the planet. There is for unbelievers. But not for us. Who do you think you are? The redeemed. By the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. And the word of our testimony. It's not that we've done such amazing things. It's we chose by his grace to believe it and to receive it. Oh, somebody say receive it, receive it. We receive him as our Lord and Savior and our Redeemer. We receive the cleansing of his blood. We receive his righteousness. We receive his spirit. We've received it. Verse 11 Not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, 
by whom we have now received the atonement. Did you hear this phrase? Received. We've done what? We've received. Now actually the word atonement is the only place in the New Testament where you see the word atonement. Because atonement is not a New Testament word. And really the same word that's translated reconciliation is the word that here in the King James translated atonement. So it's accurate for it to be translated consistently with the other verses, reconciliation. We have received the reconciliation. Somebody says, what's, what's, what's wrong with the word atonement being there? Well, it's not the word that's in the, the text. This is a trans- How many of this is a translation? Okay. Uh, and atonement means to cover. It's an Old Testament word. The sacrifices covered the sins of the people for a year until other sacrifices, their blood was shed and their sins were covered. In the New Covenant, there's been one Lamb of God. Oh, hallelujah. Lamb of God who shed his blood, and his blood is not like the blood of bulls and goats that could only cover. This blood doesn't cover. This blood has cleansed us. Cleansed us. Not covered. Cleansed us. Washed us. You remember in Revelation, he's washed us from our sins with his own blood and made us kings and priests to our God. Oh, hallelujah. (laughs) It's not covered. It's cleansed. Washed. So, other translations bring it out that we have now received the reconciliation Somebody say received Received. the reconciliation. Reconciliation. Do you have to receive it? You do. Or you won't experience it. That's why Jesus said, you know, go into all the world. Preach the good news to everybody, every creation. He that believes and is baptized will be saved. He that believes not will be condemned. You got to receive it. Or you won't experience the benefits of it. You must receive it. Same thing is true about all of God's grace. By his grace, healing's been given to us. By his grace, the Holy Spirit's been given to us. By his grace, you know, your material needs being met is given to you. By his grace, by his grace, by his grace. But even though it's all been bought and paid for and given, you'll not enjoy it. You'll not experience it unless and until you believe it and you receive it. Somebody say, I believe it and I receive it. Hallelujah. You believe, you believe on him and you receive it. That's what happened in the new birth, right? You received Jesus, didn't you? You received him as your Lord and your Savior. You can receive him as your healer. You can receive him as your peace. You can receive him as your provider. You can receive him as your protector. But if you say, well, it's just all up to him, whatever. No, he doesn't receive it for you. 
He doesn't receive it for you. We have now received the reconciliation. It's exactly the same as two people who are at odds with each other. They've had a fight. They've had a falling out. And they are not in fellowship anymore. They are not talking to each other. They don't want to see each other. They don't want to hear about each other. (laughs) But if you were a minister of reconciliation (laughs) in that situation, then you could talk to one about the other, or both of them at different times, about being restored back to fellowship. Do they have to be reconciled? Do they ever have to be reconciled? No, they don't. They can tell you to get lost. That they never will forget what that old heifer did to them. (laughs) Or some such thing. (laughs) Now you're laughing, but too many church folks Hold grudges. And, but I'm just giving that as an, we're going to be talking about that, I think, as, as we go on, reconciliation between each other. Because that's God's will. Any parent wants their kids to get along with each other. That's a big deal to them. Well, our Father is that way. You know, your brother or sister that you had a falling out with, He loves them. Just as much as he loves you. No matter what they did or what you did. And he not only wants you to love him. Because he's so lovable and never messes up. He wants you to love. I I didn't say it right. He commanded you. (laughs) To love them. Which has nothing to do with how you feel. It's a faith proposition. It's a choice. Faith is a choice. Love is a choice. Forgiveness is a choice, not a feeling. It shouldn't be based on feelings. If you if you base it on feelings, you're going to be unstable. Because you'll feel like you forgive them today, and then you remember what they did, and you don't feel like it. And you're up, you're down, you're, we're okay, we're not okay. But the Lord's the same, yesterday, today, and forever. And if we walk with him, we begin to take on his qualities and characteristics. And we're stable and consistent. And when we say, I've forgiven you, it means something. And we don't let ourselves dwell on thinking about the past. If anything comes up to bother us, we say, no, get out of here. I have forgiven them. It's an act of faith. Jesus said any house divided against itself will fall. And that's what the enemy is always trying to do is divide and destroy. Have you ever heard of churches getting divided? Oh, brother. Over, over some of the, I started to say silly, stupidest stuff. Really? Churches have split, split, and separated and gone down the road and started another church over carpet. 
carpet. Well, the Lord didn't die for carpet. If we could see how little the Lord cares for some of this stuff. He's happy for us if we enjoy it for a few days, but in the big scheme of things, it is so trivial and insignificant. But the people, come on, sit out loud, people are more important than money. Than things. People are more important. And our job, we have a job. You hadn't forgot that, right? You, do I need to go back and read that passage again? You got 2 Corinthians 5. You got a job. Tell me about your job. You got a ministry. You got a ministry and a message. What is it? The ministry and the word of reconciliation. What is that? To be an agent of helping people get right with God. Of telling them, look, he's not against you. He's not holding your sins against you. Jesus took them. He paid for them. All you got to do is come to him. God doesn't need to be reconciled to us. He's not the one who did anything wrong. We need to be reconciled to him. Can you see that? And so what has to happen? And this is where it gets vital. You got to humble yourself. You got to admit I've been wrong. All the stupid stuff I said about God. God not even existing. All the dumb stuff I've said and done about blaming him for every problem in my life and all the stupid stuff. It's time to repent. Did y'all hear me, friends? It's time to repent and believe and receive. This is what We see Jesus telling the disciples is what's going to happen. This is after he was raised from the dead. He told them they go and they preach the gospel and repentance. We see Peter on the day of Pentecost standing up preaching and saying repent and believe. Right? Repentance is a vital component of this. And their folks have tried to say, well, no, repentance is not necessary because we're already reconciled to God. Not unless you receive the reconciliation. And when you're enlightened, that's what comes next. When you realize, I have been blind. I have been at enmity against God. And when you come to that realization, what is it time to do, people of God? It is time to humble yourself, right? Humble yourself. That's why we still have altar calls. That's why we still pray prayers with people, right? It is time to humble yourself. And if you've messed up bad since you got born again, it's not that Jesus needs to do anything else to pay for your mistakes, but you need to be reconciled to God. You need to come back to him. And you need to repent and acknowledge that he's been right all along. He's been right about everything. 
And you come and you humble yourself and you say, Lord, I, the perfect picture of this is the prodigal son. He came to himself out at the pig trough. Came to himself. He said, I'm going to go home. Praise God. And when he did, the father ran out to meet him. Hugged him. Now, notice this. Why didn't the father go where he was? Why didn't the father chase after him to find him and bring him home? It would have done no good until he was ready. Come on, can you see this? Until he was ready to think right and humble himself and be reckoned. As soon as he was ready and came home, the father ran out to meet. Didn't wait till he got to the house. Ran to meet him. But it's a hard fact, but it's true. You can want something for people more than they want it themselves. And until they want it, you crying and being tormented is in vain. But as long as there's breath, there's hope. And you pray and ask God to send laborers across their path. Come on, is that right? And he'll do it too. He will enlighten them. And he'll bring them right to the point of decision. If they say no, it ain't over. Tomorrow's a new day. Is that right? Ask the Lord to send another labor right across their path. He'll enlighten them. He'll bring them right up to it. Thank you, Lord. But he won't make you be reconciled to him. And it's not an experience until you receive it. Which is why there is a ministry of reconciliation and there is a continuous job of us endeavoring to help people to receive this reconciliation that has been so marvelously given. Can you say amen? amen? Praise God. Stand on your feet if you would. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.